freaking out of? This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Maybe I screwed this up. You guys will have to make that decision on your own. See whether you agree with my logic or whether everything everyone else has said recently should uh, overcome my uh, maybe getting ahead of myself a little bit. We'll give you the most intriguing Seahawk coming up here in just a moment. I do want to just let you guys all know that it's a little confusing here this weekend on the station because of the multiple games going on and Seahawks, Mariners. That's what happens when you're partners with everybody. So uh, let me just let you know tomorrow Mariners Astros in its entirety on our sister station, 770 KTTH. So if you're looking for the whole Mariner game, pregame at three, first pitch at 10 past four, you can find that on 770 KTTH or, of course, at seattlesports.com. Meanwhile, you can catch the Seahawks and Cowboys, which will be here on 710, five o'clock start uh, for the pregame show, seven o'clock kickoff. Got it? So full Mariner game on 770 or on the website or the app. And then um, Seahawks game will be here on 710 starting at 5 o'clock and then 7 o'clock kickoff. Okay. Now that you know that, you should be ready for the most intriguing Seahawks countdown to continue with. Number six. All right. Number six for me is Derek Hall. And yes, that's three days in a row we've gone with outside linebackers. Number eight was Daryl Taylor. Number seven was Boye Mafe, I think. Maybe DK was in there somewhere. But number six is Derek Hall. They're all right in there together. And the reason I put him ahead of the other two outside linebackers is just because we haven't seen him yet. There's the intrigue factor of just not having seen him. And maybe that's not fair. Maybe I've soured a little bit on Daryl Taylor because of... You know, he's got the sacks, but he doesn't seem to have the rest of the game. And I hear guys like KJ talking about him and saying that he's got the talent, but he's still waiting for him to put it all together. I've certainly not soured on Boye Mafe, and maybe he should have been ahead of ahead of Derek Hall. But every time I see Derek Hall out there, he is just throwing dudes around. He's so strong. He's so powerful. And he's new. He's a second round pick. Actually, the highest pick of any of the three of them. They were all second rounders, but he was the highest of them. And... I don't know. I find the guy to be incredibly intriguing. So does KJ Wright. That's for sure. And I watched him at practice. That practice I was telling you guys about. He was at right outside linebacker. It was blitz period. And when I tell you he put just a monster long arm on that tackle and just buried that guy to the dirt. I'm like, this dude is for real. And I told him in production means when I saw him. I said, I want to put this type of pressure on you, young man. But with the practice that I saw, you could potentially be defensive rookie of the year. And he just looked at me like, bro, what are you talking about? I said, yes. <laughs> like, with your skill set, with your strength, with your energy and your effort that you have, you could be defensive rookie of the year in what I saw. And so I'm really excited to see him take that next step in this preseason game. But Derek Hall is going to be fun to He's watch. Big- yeah, I don't know whether he has just the straightaway speed pass rushing ability of Daryl Taylor, but he does have the want to. 
He does have the effort, and he does have some of the football acumen that maybe didn't come up all the way through Boye Mafe's life just because he came to the game a little bit later, etc. So, yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by what he can do. I don't know whether he's going to be a starter right away, but I would think he'll be a rotational piece. He seems to just kind of get it, and Michael Bennett on the broadcast the other day said basically the same thing. Hall is a very special player. He kind of reminds me of Frank Clark a lot, you know. He, he he's wild and strong and fast. And now I think for him, it's about being able to have some composure. You know, going from, you know, music that has no notes to being symphonic and having that sense of Miles Davis, this composure, this, these sounds that are loud and obnoxious, but they, they make music. I think for him, it's about having that composure as a player and figuring out how to use all his talents to be very calculated when he's making moves on the field. Yeah, and actually that was on with us uh, before the game, but he's right. And then I saw him in the game. I thought he played well. I don't know if he was dominant. Boy, Mafe really just seemed to feel so comfortable in that game. I thought he was the best player on the field for the Seahawks over the course of the night. And I've seen some moments with Derek Hall where he's still kind of getting used to life in the NFL where they've got him caught inside and somebody bounces outside and he loses contain. And, you know, I think there's going to be kind of a learning process. But as Pete said, this is a developmental program and Derek Hall's a guy they want to develop. Yeah, I did, did, did you see the extra little, did he do the extra little at the end? He did, yeah. Okay, that's just an error. But, yeah, he's doing really well. And then, uh, when you know, give him another the month that we need right here. He's going to be in the midst of uh, in rotations, I think, because he's just too physical, runs too fast, got a great head on his shoulders about playing defense football, and and we really like the heck out of him. So it's just a matter of time, just you know, honing his his game down. And so uh, I, I don't and special teams as well. You know, he's going to have a big factor on special teams. He's got one one of the really really good attitudes about playing defense now. You, love his heart and, and what he wants to do and how he wants to play it. He's really one of the fellas. Yeah, I got to come back to a few of those things. Those are important. Yeah, he's going to need the rest of this month, but Pete's already telling him or telling us he's a rotational piece for them right off the bat. That takes a while usually for Pete. I know that uh, Bennett made the uh, comp to Frank Clark. It took Frank Clark a while to crack that rotation because Pete just didn't trust him for most of his rookie year. Well, it sounds like he's going to start trusting Derek Hall pretty quickly. And then you get into his physicality. You get into the fact that, as he said, he's just one of the dudes. Like, he just kind of gets it and fits in. Yeah, that's high praise coming from this particular head coach. And, in fact, he's gotten high praise from just about everybody, some of which just on his body. Uh, this man, I was in production. <laughs> I was in my first production. Meeting. He's had, like, these Daisy Dude oh, shorts yeah. on. Looked like he just got doing doing some quad sets, like just lifting some weights. Like, quads look like watermelons <laughs> with muscles on them. <laughs> You guys ever seen that? It's a watermelon with muscles on him. And um, he walked in that production meeting from short shorts on. I'm like, this man is just ripped. Yeah, have you ever seen that? Just a watermelon walking around with muscles on it? You've seen that, right? <laughs> KJ has. That's what they got walking around on Olive Branch, Mississippi. I'll tell you, his teammates are impressed in their own way. Here was Boy Mafe. <laughs> hey, man, every day I try to tell him. Every day, I promise you, he comes out of the class. He comes out of the practice. I'm like, man. You know, there's more fabric out there, you know. There's a little bit more fabric. You know, you can go up a size, but, you know. What is, is he tucking it up into the compression shorts underneath? I can't tell. I just, I don't know at this point. Yeah. What do you make of his legs? They're gigantic. They're pretty big, but I, I mean, hey, he's, you know, he goes out there in those little shorts, and then it's, it's not a good combo to me. 
You think Boy is kind of just like, yeah, they're big, but I mean, you've seen my legs? Yeah. <laughs> he kind of didn't want to go there the way everybody else is. Like, yeah, I mean, big, but well, you know, whatever. Well, the last time we talked to Derek Hall, you got your answer that he is tucking those. Yeah, his, that's uh, what he's doing. Over, outside baggy shorts into his S- athletic shorts. Straight up tucking them up in. Yeah, Michael Bennett not too impressed. Paul, first of all, I told Hall he need to stop showing as much thigh as he's showing on them. Like, that's way too... There's way too much thigh meat he has out on his uh, on his shorts. I'm like, bro, these are Daisy Dukes now, man. You, you went past the quota. <laughs> you can see where the uh, generational differences are between KJ, Mike B, and then uh, the other side of it I with Derek I feel Hall. like people that haven't been to practice or seen a picture of this probably don't even know. Like, I don't think they're comprehending how short. Like, he looks like he's wearing underwear. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, a great, that's a great description of it. He looks like he's wearing tighty whities like, they may oh, think we're exaggerating. No, they're really that short to the point where you're a little worried they might need to start throwing like an R rating or something on Seahawks practices. <laughs> All right. He is the number six most intriguing Seahawk, Derek Hall. You can text in 866-979-3776. Let me know. Was that the right spot for him? Is it okay to put him ahead of Boy Mafe and Daryl Taylor? Or do you think that uh, order should be different? You can even rank them one, two, three if you want. Shoot a text to 866-979-3776. G. Scott's going to be in in 20 minutes. We got a little game, a special shady game to play with G right after everything you need to know and the best highlight you've got to hear coming up next. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, I think we all knew that he was capable of it, but it was challenging seeing him not do it over and over and over again and some of the losses that came as a result. But yesterday, down a pair, eighth inning, one out, two on, Julio Rodriguez unloaded. Here's Julio Rodriguez, the stretch and the pitch. Swing and a fly ball, deep to left field, way back, going and going and goodbye, baseball. Julio Rodriguez with a three-run blast. And he gives the Mariners a 5-4 to four lead here in the top of the eighth inning. A great call from Rick Riz, and Julio is on a tear. So fun to watch him when he looks like this. 12 of his last 21 had the big clutch hit on Wednesday, of course, and then an even bigger one yesterday. So it wasn't pretty, but the Mariners do win three out of four games, a lot of it having to do with Julio. He's on fire. He's electric. I mean, when you come in, they bring a guy throwing that hard uh, with that kind of fastball, and he's, he's looking for it. He's getting it. Um, he has made a little adjustment mechanically, and it has really paid off. And uh, I give him credit for that, kind of searching for things, looking for things, and give a ton of credit to our hitting coach, Jared DeHart, trying, and Julio. Uh, found something a few days ago, and they need to stick with it because it's, it's awesome to watch right now. Well, as of a few days ago, that's when he started to be on fire. So it sure seems to be working, or at least it's working for him mentally. Kind of interesting to think of Julio with the big smile and everything else all year long, keeping up that that happy face. All the while, as Scott said, searching for it, trying to figure out what it is that will unlock all of that talent that we've seen before. Apparently, he's found it, and if that's what we're going to get now for the rest of the season, we are going to be in store for some real fun because he's already had a pretty good year. He's already swiped 30 bags, 20 home runs. I mean, he's already put up some pretty crazy numbers, uh, a wins above replacement of about four. So if he's now going to get truly hot... Look out. That could be just a ton of fun. Uh, by the way, where are they as they head to Houston? They are six games behind Texas, so they've got the Rangers within their sights. 
three and a half behind the Astros for the number two wildcard spot. Only half a game behind Toronto for the last wildcard spot. They're tied in the loss column, and they are now three games up on the Red Sox. Here's the second thing you need to know. A preseason game number two tomorrow night for the Seahawks. Pete Carroll looking forward to it. I would like to see us play play really hard again. You know, and, and uh, I was really fired up about the, the efforts, uh, you know, and the lack of loafs that we you know, we look forward to, to count and add up and all that. Uh, the effort from the from the first guys that played to the last guys that played was really consistent. And, and as we tackled a lot better as the game went on, <clears throat> went on, I hope that we can start tackling well in the game. Well, certainly that improved over the course of the day on uh, Thursday night last week. And I'm sure, yes, he would like a little bit more consistency on that note. In, in terms of practice last few days, Tariq Woolen sure seems to be all the way back. He took all the first team snaps at right cornerback yesterday, leaving Mike Jackson and Trey Brown to battle on the other side. Mike Jack was the starter. Trey Brown did return to practice and was more of the second stringer. They'd like to get that determined Who's going to start there by the time the season starts? Well, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be a nice thing. And, you know, we got to get Spoon back into action. You know, we got to get him back out. Um, see where he fits into it all. Um, and when he's out here, he fits in. You know, so we just got to get him back on the practice field and see where, where he is. When he's out here, he fits in. Yeah, when he's healthy, they're going to find a way to get their number five overall pick out on the field. No kidding, as they should. I'd like to see the starters maybe at least a little bit this week or tomorrow night, especially with the off week between the third preseason game and the first of the regular season. No reason they shouldn't have some of that opportunity to ramp up a little bit in the next couple of weeks. Here's the third thing you need to know. Our Amps uh, kick off this series in Houston. First of three games tonight. It'll be Bryce Miller in his home state getting the ball against J.P. France. As for other J.P.s, specifically one who plays shortstop here in Seattle, he might be getting a little closer to returning. You know, we're, we're likely, if he continues to improve the way he has, we're likely to see him go out. Because it's been long enough, we're going to have him go out and play at least one rehab game. Uh, somewhere in the Northwest. It's probably going to be at Everett sometime, you know, Friday, Saturday, or this weekend with the hope that he can join us either at the end of the, the trip through Houston or when we get to Chicago. But, you know, again, that is contingent on his continued improvement. All right. Well, let's hope that happens. Maybe we see him tonight or tomorrow and then get him to Houston as soon as possible. They could certainly use him. As for Jared Kelnick, it's going to be a little bit longer, but progress there as well. Oh, yeah. He was let out of his boot yesterday, actually. So he's going to very slowly get back into baseball activity. He's been throwing throughout uh, with a boot on, but he's now being released to go do a little bit more aggressive baseball activity and you know, the, the rehab process we knew was going to take us into September. That hasn't changed, but you know, what, what day in September, I don't know. But it is, you know, we are optimistic that he is going to contribute before the year's done. Yeah, it'll be real interesting to see what happens when Kelnick comes back and how he slides into what has become kind of a nice rotation in his absence with a lot of athleticism in the outfield. He's still probably, other than Julio, the best outfielder on this team, certainly defensively and absolutely in the corners. And I had a lot of power and had a pretty good start to this season. So curious to see what that will look like when Jared eventually returns. All right. That's everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. For the most part, people seem to be okay with the rankings. TJ says, I think you're right on with the ranking. You're talking about most intriguing. That automatically lends itself to a new guy that we've never seen before. Boye and Darren. 
Carroll are also very intriguing for their own reasons. But you always want to see what the new player is going to look like, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you on Did that. Did you see Matt in Oregon? Stuff? Yeah, I saw this one. Matt <laughs> says, can we spend 90% of the time giving honorable mentions before we haphazardly rank them? <laughs> I mean, that's one idea. You can do that. You don't have to do it that way. And then the 206 says, at this point, I wouldn't mind if Hall just took a full redshirt year because I just need a break from Salk talking about his thighs. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, that's only because you haven't seen his thighs yet. And once you do, you'll be as obsessed as I am, I promise. Uh, I went home yesterday. I slept most of the day with a migraine headache. If you've ever had one of those, they're just the worst, debilitating. And so I really have a lot of questions about doing what I'm going to do next. If you have a migraine, how good an idea is it to bring G Scott into your studio for a full 25 minutes. Is that a good plan or is that considered to be like self mutilation? Like, I feel like I'm going to get sent to a shrink or something to try to work on this because there's no way oh, it'll be great. a person who had a migraine as recently as yesterday evening would voluntarily sit in a room with G Scott for 25 minutes, but I'm going to do it because the people got to get what they want. And it's next on Brock and Salk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Oh, you know what that music means. It means G. Scott's in the building and... Yeah, I'm taking my life in my hands. I had a migraine yesterday, and now I'm going to sit and talk to G. Scott. You want to talk about getting your migraine back? Bro, you had a migraine? Yeah, those stink. Don't do that if you can really? avoid it. They're What's not worse, fun. The migraine or the kidney stone kidney you stone. passed? A kidney stone is, is hell. I always remember that. It's not even close. <laughs> not even in the same category. <laughs> Migraines aren't fun, but like, you know, you lay down, you go to sleep, they go away. Kidney stone is like, yeah. you can't do, I mean, it's, it's, it's awful. There's no, there's nothing I can say about it that isn't terrible. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I always love coming on Brock and Salk. You know what's interesting about the Brock and Salk listeners? When I'm out and about, I'm yeah. sure Seahawks game, this preseason game coming up against Dallas Cowboys, I'm going to see one of you listeners, and you're going to come up to me, and you're going to say, oh. I think I'm smell you. Man, <laughs> if you're listening right now, don't think mm. I don't remember. Y'all be coming up and smelling me. Yeah. I got That's my Savage on this morning. Do you? Yeah. I got it on. Okay. Not that anybody can tell, but I got it on. Not that anybody but comes. Did you do the full routine? Well, I don't do the full routine. I can't make those noises that early in the morning. But I, I did put on two squirts this morning. Yeah, and so I was sort of hoping somebody might notice that I was wearing the savage. But nobody ever does. Mm-hmm. Nobody comes close enough to me, thank God, to even come you know figure anything like that out. You've been talking about me though. It's one thing to hear about listeners mentioning you know you on the show and how much you smell nice yeah. and all that. Uh-huh. But you do this little thing with KJ, the KJ All Day Show, which is on video on YouTube. And it's great, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, KJ is awesome. And we love having him on on Wednesdays for the KJ Wright Show, Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you do a great job with him as well. But it was interesting to hear you guys talking. I'm not sure what to make of this. I can't tell whether I'm being complimented or insulted, maybe a little bit all at once. What you hear? Well, this is what you guys had to say about the return to this show for KJ Wright. Next week, I'll start my show. Oh, that's right. The Seattle Sports Station, Brock and Salk. Every Wednesday, Brock and Salk, KJ is going to be on Cairo. Tune in at 8 o'clock. But real quick before you go, why do you even go do a show with them? You I like them dudes? I like them. Salk's super cool. Brock cool too, but Salk, we're in person. So we be talking during commercial break, talking about stuff. A lot of people yeah, like think Salk's a certain way, but actually Mike Salk's like, he's a really nice dude. Really nice dude. I thought he was a certain way. I didn't like him when I first met him on Twitter, but the dude's super cool. Let me just say this. I didn't like him even to his face, but he's actually a good dude. They're cool. So. All right, dude. hold on a minute. I got to ask some questions here. 
am I being more? Can I ask you? Am so you I being? Really want to ask me? Am I, <laughs> no. Let Wait, me ask you. Which 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 more are we going to get? Are we going to get more before the Brock and Salk show, right. or the more today? Maureen. That's what we call the new version of Mora. The Maureen's got like a little Boston edge to her or something. All right, Mora. First question. Oh. Was I being complimented or insulted over the course of those 30 seconds? Well, both. You're being <laughs> okay, complimented good. on the person that they've they've come to yes. know and like, but maybe not so much on on how on rumors that surround you or experiences they had before that. So, but here's the thing about those rumors. <laughs> yeah. Are they here's not the, true? Meh. They are true? Kind of. Which ones? <laughs> well, Hold on. If you're telling me that what you hear about me in person is different from what you know you hear about me before, how can the rumors be true? Because they are they, they, they are true, but they're not true, and it's, it, it, and it's complicated with Mike Salk because like because it. right now <laughs> you're probably like you're, you're you're listening right now, right? And yeah. you're like and you and you said this. You said, you know what? I can't stand that Mike Salk. If you're listening right now, just text in. I know. I know. I'm talking to you. You said I can't stand him. But but there's something about that makes me come back, but I come back so I can tell him again that I can't stand him. And then he'll say something that you might agree with, and then he becomes endearing, right? And then it ends up happening, and here's what's interesting yeah. about the Brock and Salk show, yes. and I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Brock has always been the darling of UW. You know, UW and Washington, the Hewitt family, nice guy. And then there's Mike Salk, right? right. So Mike Salk is like the vinegar. Mm, 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 and I don't, it don't taste good. Ooh, weed, right? But then lately, I don't know if you the guys have. It's vinegar. I don't. Yeah, well, that's the best kind. I don't know if you guys <laughs> have. Kind of a balsamic. No, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Yeah. But there has been a switch yes. lately. Thank you. Mike Salk. Like, As I Brock, get older, I'm getting soft. Have you guys heard Brock talk about the Mariners? Ooh. I mean, I he's know. not forgiving. He's negative Nelly. Right? Mr. Positivity. <laughs> and then there's Mike Salk. Well, glass half full. Mm-hmm. And I see the bright spot. I'm looking forward to Geno Smith. I can't wait for the Seahawks. What is going on with you? You know what? What? You got low T. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, do. Mike I do not have a T problem. Tea. You know, that's so funny. I just told Brady Henderson the other day that he had low T because he wasn't hitting the golf ball as far as he used to. I was like, oh, oh sounds like you might need to listen to our station. We got a couple of recommendations for you. you need to, no, you need to I don't have low T. I just take Zoloft. It's very similar situation. Uh, no, I'm just getting happier as I get older. Like, I'm enjoying the world more. Brock, like most people is getting angrier. Maura said the other day she was getting angrier as she gets older. That's clearly, you know, happened working with me. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just how I am as I get older. Now, what is it? Last thing I've got to ask you. Maybe I shouldn't even ask. This is probably a mistake. What What does it mean? What do you mean a certain way? I mean. What does that mean, a certain way? I thought Salk was a certain way. Elitist. Oh, well, that's true. I don't don't shy away from that. Elitist. Uh, Pinky finger in the air. Looks down on you, thinks he's better, always wants to be right. I, All I, own, of, I own those things. I think those things are mostly true. Like, I'm willing to take Well, like, then you are a certain way. Yeah, all right. Yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> What's wrong with being elitist? See, I think being elite's a good thing. It means you're striving to be great. Yeah, but you put that off on others. Like, there's like why n- aren't they striving to be great? Right. Well, why right. aren't you? 
that's none of your business. Well, you should strive to be great. But, 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 I think that's but, a good thing to want in but people. But you should stay in your damn lane and no, don't worry I'm about help. What, what this person I'm wants to charitable. do. <laughs> I just want to help people achieve all of the greatness that they have inside of them. That's no, all, man, that's yeah, all I'm looking but, to do. But the coolest thing is, is that even behind you guys' back, hmm. the other day, I hit up KJ. And I was like, hey, so how's the show today? He's like, man, I, I really like them dudes. So I think the cool thing is, is that when, when guys like a KJ Wright come on these shows, because look, let me just tell y'all the truth that goes on behind the scenes, okay? A lot of these athletes and or people with you know with platforms, they don't really like a lot of these dudes. Nor should here. they. They, they, they really don't. I, and by the way, let I'm, me just jump in. I don't blame them at all. They don't. If I were a professional athlete and realized that there was an entire business set up to 24 hours a day judge me and what I'm doing, I wouldn't like them either. Like, I don't have any problem with that. When Doug and I had an issue for a long time, was I ever mad at him? No. I absolutely understood why Doug was mad at me, and he had every right to do so. It's my job to comment on what he's doing. And if somebody spent their life and life's work commenting on me, I'd probably hate them too. <laughs> like, seriously, I have no problems with that. Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I think you answered it. And I think the the cool part about, and maybe if you guys do like the show, the K.J. Wright show that comes on on Wednesdays, if you like it and you're like, oh, my gosh, I really like that segment, the reason why you like it, and one thing that I've learned in this industry is that you guys, you you can't be fooled. Listeners cannot be fooled. You know. He's like, mm, I can't put my finger on it, but it's something that I don't like. Mm. Well, if you like that segment, that's because KJ likes doing it. And if KJ didn't like doing it and it was kind of like, you would hear it. No. So anyway, that's a cool point. Well, also, KJ's real good at this. And he just has an awesome natural energy about yeah, him that man. you just can't help but love. Yeah. Hey, let me ask, speaking of that, because a big part of our show today has been talking about Julio. And he is on fire right now. He just went 12 for 21 in the Royal Series. Personally won them at least two, if not three of those games. Yeah. Huge hit on Wednesday night to put them ahead. And then last night or yesterday, three-run home run in the eighth to come down, you know, come back from being two runs down. Mm-hmm. Julio is 100% locked in in the zone. Now, that happens in baseball. It happens in golf, probably more than some other sports. Maybe basketball would be another one. I thought I would ask you, because you've been around a lot of athletes and watched a lot of sports. Who is the most in-the-zone athlete you've ever seen? So not the person who had the best career, but the person who, for a short amount of time, got in the zone and was just unstoppable. Who's on your list? Um I'm just going to make it present day, and I know you guys are going to say, gee, why do you keep blowing him up? But it seems like you guys are doing it, too. You guys see what I saw when I told you he was the uh, greatest pass catcher I've ever seen in person. I I told you that when he came here, he was going to be the guy. Barring, make sure he's healthy, Lord willing, he's healthy throughout. He will be the offensive rookie of the year. The dude is like that. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba in the Rose Bowl when he had 15 receptions, three touchdowns, and 347 yards receiving. Let me just tell y'all something. There was literally nothing you could do. One corner, two. Three corners. Your mama, the hot dog man, the custodian. It did not matter that day. That right there, that is a zone that I don't know. I, I can't think of anything that yeah. I've seen like that. 
It's, it's, I got a it's couple. Of, I got a couple of answers for you, what do you got? and we got a bunch of texts here. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Kobe, when he was in the zone, was unstoppable. Tiger for like a two year period when he was winning everything. I mean, that's probably True. as in the zone as anyone's True. ever been in their life. Uh, how about Jeremy Lin for like that ten day period or whatever it was <laughs> for fire. insanity on fire? Right? Random dude who was just completely on fire and mm-hmm. took the world by storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to him here in Seattle, you know who jumped out to me? I was thinking about this was Thomas Rawls. Couldn't couldn't hold up, right? Couldn't whatever it was that couldn't allow him to keep doing it. He still holds the record. But doing those that for that couple of weeks that Thomas Rawls was on point, oh my God, was he in the zone? Right. Trivia question: If you ever in the bar, he right now Thomas Rawls still holds the playoff rushing record with two hundred two hundred something yards against the Detroit Lions. Mm. That was awesome, that game. <laughs> he just ran over everybody. <laughs> did, yeah. That game against the Niners, too, yeah. was like a second or third game that mm-hmm. he started really you know, carrying the ball. Mm-hmm. He was just killing everybody and knocking them over. Like, dude, he was real fun. I, now, going back to, going back to this, um, it goes to show you about Steph Curry and how we were talking about all that and we didn't bring up Steph Curry once, and he has raised He's the ball so – <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's just in the zone full time. He's raised the bar so high. Yeah, but I don't watch the NBA anymore, so I don't really know what it is he's doing on a day-to-day basis. I'm sure it's awesome. Uh, there's a lot of pitchers you could certainly mention. I, I think when uh, I think when Felix was here, when he was in the zone that Cy Young Award year, I mean, he was just ridiculous. Randy Johnson, I mean, I watched Pedro Martinez when he was in the zone. I mean, like Greg Maddox, when those guys are at the very, very peak of their game, it is so cool to watch. It's it, just it, ridiculous. It, it is. It is definitely cool. Um, you guys are talking about some game. We got a game. We're about two minutes away. We're going to play a little game with you. It's a shady game. So just hold on. We got about two minutes. I got a few more other questions for you. And okay. then we're going to uh, okay. we're gonna dig into Morris' game show here in just a couple minutes. I did want to ask you about uh, your boy Jackson Smith and Jigba, though, since you were since you were talking about him. And I'm trying to figure out, because I saw DK make a great, great catch the other day, wide open, down the middle, sort of like a whole shot kind of a play. How do you think it works with these three wide receivers this year? Because for the first time, you know, we've seen the Seahawks with two good ones and a third who's really more of like a kind of help everybody else around them be good, like a Jermaine Curse, right? I say that with love. Curse did a lot of the dirty work to allow Baldwin and whoever else it was to be open in the right spots. Uh, we saw it with, uh, what was that guy's name? Who was the third wide receiver? Ah, it doesn't matter. What will it look like with three guys who are all premier pass-catching, get-open wide receivers? What does that look like in this offense? I think that this was an offense last season if correct me if I'm wrong, more was ranked seventh in the NFL. I was eighth. I think they were eighth. Okay, but yeah, seventh or eighth. They were seventh, right around there. Right around. Maybe there. it was seventh. Okay. So you go into this year. You have uh, those two bookends. The offensive tackles are another year into the game. You have Geno Smith that is back with these receivers and what Jackson Smith and Jigba will bring with three guys that are just going to be I believe elite I think it takes them from number 7 to possibly top 3 in offense and oh by the way what really what the most important thing is besides those three receivers will always and continue be to, to be the run game, right? Like, it is really important. So if the run game's not doing well, I don't care how good your receivers are, mm-hmm. it doesn't open that up right there. So you're going to need that to happen. Again, I think the result this season will be that the Seahawks go from 7th, 
uh, and uh, with offense to top three this wow. season. I think they're going to be that legit. That's crazy. Oh, one one thing, and I don't know if Pete has talked about it, but I'm going to tell you something that I've been hearing from. See, one of the things, and since over the years, nobody judges and gives better uh, opinions on play than their peers. They gonna tell you. They gonna tell you the truth before it hits the media. Before even Pete might not even tell you, but they will tell you first. They say Geno Smith is playing out of this world. Said he is really comfortable, and you can just tell like that. It's a big deal that he in the off season he was the guy instead of fighting to be the guy like he was last season. So. I know we're talking about the receivers a lot, and I know all of these conversations, but let's continue to talk about this quarterback in a second year of just and, – and, Bo, by the way, there's a lot to be said about when you go into a season – and I've never been a quarterback – but last season there was uncertainty, mm-hmm. right, in the city. Like, well, Gino, I don't know. But now we're coming into a season where this dude has the entire fan base behind him. In life, when you have people that have confidence in you, it kind of helps you do your job a I little bit better. I would love to know what that's like. Is that a good thing? When the I people mean, around you have confidence in you? I mean, Mike, if you want to talk about you, you're a great radio host. I mean, phenomenal. You just was a terrible boss. <laughs> I mean, absolutely awful. And hold on. Wait, let me, and wait. let me remember, you hate all your bosses. Yeah. Let's also be clear, (laughs) there is no person in the world who G would call a good boss. So let's just calm down. Technically, yes, there was one. One. But everybody else you've ever met, you don't believe is a good boss. So let's let's calm your I mean, because leadership skills aren't really that easy for people. I I really believe that. Right? It is really tough. A lot of times you might be good at your job, but the ability to teach others and manage. Your thing was is all right. You know you what? were we able to, to keep teach. going down this no, road. You were able to teach just your management skills. We're good. <laughs> you don't all know right. anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's play our game for G today. G's being shady. Let's see if we can get him into our shady game. It's time to play. Is that shady? <laughs> I like this game. Yeah. yeah. Got a lot of people saying you're going to be good at this game, G. Uh, I got a texter here who says, based on G's earlier life, this is going to be something he should really shine in. You put so. the music pretty quiet. Right. Oh, there we go. All right, what? let's uh, give, us, give us some quiet music, Rob, you guys, and are, we will. Are you guys uh, trying to say that there's a new G compared to the OG? Uh, actually, uh, you're right. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. First up is Aaron Rodgers. Let me know. If this is shady. So it's a work in progress. I feel like it was Rich maybe asked a question about the continuity of the guys playing together. And I was thinking maybe we'd start to figure some stuff out. Obviously, it hasn't happened yet. There's jobs up for grabs. That's the beauty in camp, but also the struggle is in talking with, you know, a couple of guys. Sorry, we just need some continuity at some point so guys can feel comfortable playing together. Okay. Who's, who's he talking? His mean- offensive line. And then for context... There's been rumors that the Jets might try to trade for David Bakhtiari, uh, one of his offensive linemen in Green Bay. You know, he's already gotten Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and some of his other teammates there. The other day, he posted a, a photo of him and Garrett Wilson and said, I love my number 17s, tagged Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams, and then tagged David Bakhtiari, but did that in the other ones were in white. He did it in black and he did it over his green pants so you could barely even read it. Mm hmm. 
Shady. He's trying to lure, like... Shady. 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 I'm going to call Shady. But before we go, I want to admit something, and I'm probably going to lose my uh, Seahawk card. You guys ready? I apologize. Should I do it? No, I I don't do this. Don't Don't do this. Don't do it? No, nothing good can come of this. Are you sure? No, go ahead. Do it. All right. Um, I've been watching Hard Knock, and I've been watching Aaron Rodgers during the offseason, and I don't know what happened, but I kind of like Aaron Rodgers, at least the guy that I've been watching on the TV screen. I don't know what it is. I thought I was I could not stand him, especially how he's been the last year, but for something this dude is lovable. Wow. That's no, all I got. I'm out. You're out? I haven't actually watched it, but I'm sure I wouldn't like it. I, and I'm, you know I'm, I'm kind of unwilling to want to like it. Mara, so. Mara, you feel he, me? He comes across pretty likable there, but I still think this whole thing is shady. He's Dude, not shady. happy with his own line, and he's, he's trying to. With you. I mean, he, the, the he center is playing with you. You are you are absolutely <laughs> getting tricked by Aaron Rodgers. Don't don't allow him to trick. All right, you. I want to get through a few of these. You so mean kind of like somebody else tricked? Go ahead. What's... <laughs> All right, next up we have the Raiders had a uh, a practice fight the other day where Max Crosby and running back Cam Akers got into it. Uh, this is what Crosby had to say after practice. I was just doing what I do. Uh, he didn't like that, so, you know, he got what he got. It is what it is. He got what he got. It is what it is. I was just doing what I do. Uh, I, what, I guess what I'm asking, is it shady to, to – we see practice fights all the time, but to then talk to the media about it and okay. kind of call your teammate out. Yeah, I think that all practice, like all media, all practice and all the videos, we need to stop with that. I don't like any of the videos and content coming out because it's practice, right? That's the time that you're practicing. And so, yes, a lot of shadiness can come out and do not be commenting about practice. Shady. Not shady. Not shady. He said he did what he did. I do what I do. He got what he got. I don't think that's being shady. I think that's being straight up. Like, yeah, dude, you want to mess around with me? I'm Max Crosby. Who the heck is Cam Akers? <laughs> like, Max Crosby is one of the best players in the position in the league. And when you mess around, you find out. I got no problems with that. Not shady at Cam all. Cam Akers was a, kind of a stud at the end of his rookie season for them. But then I think he tore his Achilles. He's fine. Lynn and, <laughs> Lynn and Lacey. Come on, Lynn. They're mad at me right now. <laughs> they really, they really are mad at me. You, yeah. you told, you told me not to do it. I mean, I warned you. <laughs> All right, guys. This is former Seahawk L.J. Collier, who's with the Cardinals now. Is this shady? Nothing really, man. Those are great people over there. Great coaches, great organization, and great teammates. It just didn't fit for me, man. It just wasn't my type of system, my type of place. And I tried my hardest to make it work, but as you guys know, sometimes places and things don't work out. So you know, on to the next one. And I, I feel like I've made a home here, and I feel like I'm going to prove that the next couple weeks that I am. Worthy of the first round pick I was a couple years ago. Is he being shady? <laughs> yeah, he's being shady. But the only thing is, the offensive line has been been shaded on you, LJ. <laughs> the same thing is happening down in Arizona. Player, don't think I don't know. Don't think I don't know. You be getting pancaked. Yeah, LJ, you doing the same? You know, it's crazy, right? A he lot did of t- bat down a Russell Wilson pass, though. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> times, you know. Whatever that means. Here's my relationship stuff. We go from relationships to relationships and relationships, and we're always, excuse me, I'm talking to myself, always, <laughs> always using that time to blame the last person we're in. But then we find ourselves having the same problems on the different relationships. That's because we don't unpack our trauma, right? LJ, it's cool, fam. You need to unpack that trauma. Maybe it was you when you were here, yeah, sir. You know what? I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Okay. I'm going to say he's not being shady. I'm not saying he's being right, okay. but he's not being shady. What's he supposed to say? Yeah, I'm bad. 
I mean, like, this is what he has to think and what he has to say. Yeah, it didn't go great for me was there. Was he bad? Was he bad? Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, like, what is he supposed to say? I stink at football and I shouldn't be in the NFL? Like, no, no. The dude's trying to make it in Arizona. No. He'd like to think that, you know, a new start will be helpful for him. I don't think he's being shady. Yes, I just no. think he's, you know, wrong. He's being sh- <laughs> I mean, like, that happens. Sometimes we're wrong, even though we're okay, not trying okay. to be shady. Okay, you win, All right, man. I really want to get one more in because I have your one. opinion okay. on Kyle Shanahan on the negative reporting surrounding Trey Lance. Coach, there's been a lot of negativity around Trey Lance in the national media recently. Yesterday, there was somebody coming out saying that Trey doesn't have the quarterback instinct. What do you have to say about that kind of comment? Uh, it just goes with the territory. I mean, it goes with it for quarterbacks. It goes with it for anybody who's a high draft pick, but especially a quarterback. Uh, you watch, and that's one of the tough things, I, I think, for that position, but also for high draft picks. I mean, you watch receivers come in the league, and they have a few drops early in camp, and um, – there becomes a lot of pressure on them. People want to see those people take off and do it right away and have no flaws, and that's just part of it. So that's, that's all true, super but shady. didn't necessarily defend him. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's like, it's yeah, he stinks. I'm no. not going to defend him. I'm going to talk doesn't. about other stuff. So what does that tell you guys? That I, I've I've been on the show, and I told you guys before, uh, some of these GMs and or scouts, they know as body and see as, about as much football as we see with our own eyes. The fact that you tell me that Trey Lance and Zach Wilson will probably be Ooh. number twos on their team when they were the top three picks in a draft, could you imagine? Could you imagine doing your job that damn bad and still having a job? <laughs> Come on now! You got one job. What is your job? You wake up, you eat your cereal, you have your Pop-Tarts, and you go find a quarterback. And you draft a quarterback, and they're not even the guy? It's hard to draft a quarterback. It is hard to do. Like, I mean, some, it's hard to draft and scout that position. But, man, the Trey Lance one is, is he's bad. I mean, he can't throw. And you're right. Kyle Wilson's bad, too. G, thank you. Good <laughs> right. stuff, as always. Gene Ursula's show gets going in a few minutes. Can we keep Shady going? I, I, I kind of like that I just want to hear more, more Slim Shady over the rest yeah, of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll yeah. see what we can All right, do. Uh, Mike Sauger, I just want to let you know that you were a good boss because oh, you, you did teach me how to do radio. Oh, that was nice of me. Well, that was uh, nice of you to say. Uh, I, apparently, that's the uh, certain way that I am. <laughs> you've got a boss that's a certain way. All right, got to run. Uh, we'll come right back here with Stacy Rost, uh, who's doing a killer job on her show. She'll join us, talk a little football up next on Brock and Salk.